Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. And we're going to dive right into this sucker. Um, I'm excited about this one because we're going to be talking about something um, that I love to talk about. And partly, uh, you know, there's always a little bit of storytelling that happens uh, on this show. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about the power of stories. Now, there's probably like 15 different shows I could do on stories, storytelling, <laughs> the difference between internal stories, external stories, all these different things. But tonight it's about kind of like knowing the real story, like the power of knowing the real story, or I would say the whole story, or um, the magic that happens when we think we know the fucking story when we don't. And then when we get a little bit of information that changes everything, that changes everything. When there's a huge shift in our perception, which in A Course in Miracles, we would say that that's when a miracle occurs, right? When the mind shifts from a place of fear to love when it shifts from a thought system of fear to love uh, the magic and the miracles that can happen. Uh, and some people in the business world might call it something else. Like Stephen Covey called it a paradigm shift. And we'll get into all of that. But first, let's dive in and talk a little bit about stories. Um, and so we're always telling stories like, you know, this is what the human brain does. This is what the ego does. We are meaning making machines. We're always trying to make sense of what we think is happening around us. And I'll never forget like back in, I don't know, man, it must've been like the late eighties, like 89, 88, 89, 90. I want to say 89. Stephen Covey's book came out like the seven effect of the seven hot, seven habits of highly effective people came out. And I remember reading that and it was like, that was back at like, you know, kind of the beginning of the whole self-help movement. And it was also kind of like a business book a little bit. And it's like the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and I have my old copy somewhere downstairs and, but I just remember this. So this incredible story that he told, but it was really based around this concept of like a paradigm shift. And it always like kind of stayed with me. And then I remember seeing it in action in my own life. And in this book, he has a quote where he says, and I love this. He says, we think we see the world as it is when in fact we see the world as we are. Let me say that one more time. We think we see the world as it is is when in fact, we see the world as we are. And this is really in line too with what A Course in Miracles says when they say, 
projection, right? What we project out onto the world from our mind, from our thoughts, from what we think, from the paradigms we have that, right? And we'll get into that word in a second too, but we're constantly projecting out onto the world. So projection makes perception, which is basically is we think we're looking out on the world and seeing it as it is, but really it's our own mind that is influencing what we're seeing and then ultimately what we're experiencing, right? Again, we think we see the world as it is, but we're really seeing it as we are. So I'm going to first start off with a personal story, and then I'm going to um, throw in a little Stephen Covey story. So this story was told to me um, by my friend and mentor, uh, Marianne Williamson. Some of you might know Marianne as a um, being um, a best-selling New York Times best-selling author. She's also a spiritual thought leader. She is an activist. She was a, a candidate for president. I mean, Marianne's like a lot of things. She's pretty incredible. And um, I've told this story before. So if you've already heard it, just sit with me for a minute. But if not, listen to this sucker. So Marianne tells a story and I may not have all of the um, details exactly right because it's been a wicked long time when I first heard this story <laughs> like 30 years ago or something I don't know it was a really long time ago um 20 at least 25 years ago so she was telling the story how she was at this event or at this place and there were a bunch of different women there and um she was there and I don't know if they were hanging out it was a party or they were at some event or what I don't remember what the thing was but she kept hearing this this one woman and the way this one woman spoke, like the way she talked, like literally the sound of her voice was like, like, oh my God, like, what is this? It is so bizarre. It is so weird, whatever. And you know how the ego mind is. It immediately like goes into judgment. It goes into having its opinions, its thoughts, its whatever, uh, projecting out, right? All this stuff. And so the host of the party, like Marianne was, you know, went over to her or she came over to Marianne or whatever. And just as Marianne's about to say, like, what is up with like with this lady? Like, what's the deal with this woman? Right. So Marianne's like, so this woman, right? And the host of the party says, Yeah, isn't she incredible? And Marianne's like, Oh my God, like, how is this person thinking she's incredible? Like, she's so annoying. Like the way she talks, it's so affected, it's so weird, it's whatever. And Marianne's like, incredible, right? Like, what, what do you mean, <laughs> right? Because you can't believe that this woman doesn't have the same viewpoint that she has, the same experience that she's having. And the woman says, um, yeah, when she was a little girl and she basically launches into this horrific story, like something like something along the lines of like, she had been like locked in the basement or the or a cellar or something like that, or a small room where it was dark with her brother for years and years and years. And they didn't, you know, learn how to read or write or speak proper, like this whole horrific, as you can imagine, story. And then all of a sudden, you know, the woman's like, she's basically learned how to talk through or be da 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 da. And all of a sudden it occurs to Marianne, like, oh my God. And she goes right away from being like annoyed and being like irritated and, and judging and attacking, as we would say in A Course in Miracles, to having nothing but deep, deep empathy, compassion. And immediately that kind of shift, because what she had was she now got the real story, right? It wasn't based on what she thought her projections, it was based on what this woman had actually gone through. And I think something really powerful happens when we stop 
with our opinions, our judgments, our assessing, our all our preference, all our stuff. And we actually get curious, right? You've heard me say a thousand times on this show that if we show up in curiosity, right? If we show up in curiosity instead of judgment, oh my God, like what a game changer it is to not show up in our assumptions of people and things. And I know it's happened in my own life. Like just the other day, you guys, my sweetie and I were coming back from the gym and we were driving. And I had been talking to him previously, like the night before, about maybe wanting to do this thing where I challenged myself to like, whatever, it doesn't even matter the details. And I was talking about this route, this running route or this walking route or whatever that I could maybe do. And we're driving down the street. And as we're coming around the corner, you know, we were talking and he was saying something. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the street that I was trying to tell him about. Um, and so I kind of like turn my head very quickly. And then I turn back around and, and I say, as I'm turning my head now, I, I just, to be, I'm trying to give you like the vibe in the car and like how it really went down. So you can imagine, right? So he's, he's in the passenger seat, I'm driving and he's talking and saying something. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I see the thing and I'm like, Ooh, before, like before I forgot, I wanted to say, that's the street I was telling you about. And I'm saying that to him as I'm turning back around to look at him. And when I turn back around to look at him, he has a look on his face and some part of me, right. And it's, it's, a, it's fantastic actually when this shit happens, because what it shows me is I have a place within myself, an old place that is coming up an old wound or injury or paradigm, whatever we want to call it, that is coming up for my attention to be healed. So let me, let me break it down for you. Like what happened? So I say, Oh, that's the street that I was telling you about. And I look, and he has what I deem as a quote unquote, look on his face. <laughs> Now, if you are a patented person or you even grew up with siblings or had a parent or whatever, you know what I'm talking about when we say there's the look, right? There's a look on his face. And I immediately, right? I understood as I was doing it that I was kind of interrupting him talking when I said, ooh, you know, it's kind of like when people make the joke about like, um, you know, my son, my sister will sometimes say how she's ADHD and she'll joke and be like, oh, squirrel or shiny object, right? Or whatever people call it. Um, and so I realized that should I cut him off? So when I saw the look on his face, I immediately in my mind went to, he's annoyed with me because I just cut him off in the middle of talking. And then my ego does what it loves to do. Right. And it creates this feeling of guilt in my body. Now I've been bad and I was being too much or I wasn't being, um, mindful, or I wasn't being nice, or I was interrupting and being rude. Like, and you guys, it happened so fast. It happened so fast, like not even blink of an eye. It happened so fast. This old deep programming, these old deep ways of thinking, ways of reacting right from our fear, from our ego, rather than responding from the place of love, compassion, curiosity, kindness, right? Now all you, mind you, all he's doing is sitting there, right? 
I'm the one that's having this whole thing. So I turn and I look and I see his face and I, I go like, what? like Vicky with two K's is like on the scene. And she goes, what? <laughs> and he looks at me now, now he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And he goes, what, what, like what? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, you've got this look on your face. <laughs> So now I have to explain to him like what I'm seeing with my own eyes. And I'm sure some of you can relate to this, like devil amen hands if this has ever happened with you and your sweetie or your friend or whoever, right? And you know, and, and I'm like, well, you got this look on your face. And he's like, what look? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, like you're squinting your eyes, like I'm annoying you. Or I was like, Bleh. like all my fears, right? And all of a sudden he goes, No, like the sunroof is open. <laughs> The sunroof is open and like the sun is in his eyes and he's like squinting because he doesn't have sunglasses on. And in this moment, I just think, oh my God, the insanity of the ego on a platter right in front of my face. And I was like, oh, I go, I thought you were making a face at me because I was telling you about the street and like I interrupted you and he's like, no. And he's like, I figured that was the street that you were talking about. And so I had written this whole story. I had made an assumption because I didn't know the real story. I had written my own story in my head about what I thought this other person was doing. And it made me just realize like, so first of all, let me say this. I apologize. I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, sweetie. And we laughed it off. Like he and I went, you know, people are like, we don't really get into fights. Like that's just not our way of communicating. We do get on each other's nerves sometimes. We do, you know, you know, it's, you live with somebody for long enough, like 16 years, you, you annoy each other once in a while, right? But we make each other laugh a lot and we get over things very quickly and we don't, really do like mad at each other. Do you know what I mean? Inevitably, one of us comes to come like we take a detour into fear and then we immediately almost come back to our right mind. And because, you know, in A Course in Miracles is a beautiful line that says your interests are not separate. So one of the things I always try to remind myself is, hey, uh, hey, uh, you're on the same team. Your interests aren't separate right? I'm not interested in like holding grudges, like those days, like grievances, like, oh my God, they just take way too much energy. So I want to understand better. I always want to understand my sweetie better. I always want to understand myself better. And so um, I apologize, first of all. And then, but what it showed me was like, oh my God, you know, I, in that moment thought I was being quote unquote annoying, and it, you know, we don't have to go all into like my patterns and my history, my trauma growing up, blah, 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 of feeling whatever, right? Too much or too needy or sometimes I'm like, oh, I think my enthusiasm, my energy, like my energy can be like too much for people, whatever. So all those fears that can sometimes like, and for the, like, I don't really get hung up. I mean, hello, I have a podcast. I, I talk out loud and share my thoughts, my feelings, my whatever. So it's not like I'm really, um, shy about doing that, you know, anymore. But I realized in that moment, like, oh, that, that, that's like an old little blah, 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 that came like bubbling up to the surface to be healed. And so that was a really powerful thing. But when I realized like, oh, so the real story was the sun was in his eyes and he was squinting, he wasn't squinting at me. Uh, and I had made it all about me, right? Like, cause that's what the fucking ego loves to do. So 
I thought you would appreciate that, you guys, because it's really funny. And the power of it is, is it's, it's not coming up to make me bad. It's coming up actually for my attention so I can go, oh, I led with an assumption. I did not lead with a story in his favor. I did not say like, you know, I could have, I could have handled it like really differently rather than going, what? <laughs> rather than letting Vicky, oh, Vicky grabbed the mic. Oh my God. Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence just grabbed the mic and was like, what the fuck's up with that face? You know what I mean? Like she didn't say it like that, but it was like pretty funny. Now that kind of behavior though can get us in trouble. Like think about how many times we walk into a space whether it's somebody else's home or our own home or your kid's room or an event or whatever it is, you know, you go someplace, you're meeting new people for the first time, or, you know, you get invited in to speak at some, like whatever the thing is. And somebody like, let's say you're on stage and somebody's like got their arms crossed the whole time. And you're just like, oh my God, they're so defensive. They hate me. They don't like anything I'm saying. And then later on, you just find out, no, they were freezing. They were like so cold and they were tucking their hands in their armpits because their hands were freezing or whatever, right? We write so many stories that are often not in our own favor and definitely not in the favor of other people. We don't have all the information. And when we don't have all the information paired with these old paradigms, these old patterns that we have, and let's talk about that a little bit. So I remember in Stephen Covey's book, he said, um, he says, so much of what we do in our lives is the result of the paradigms that we hold on to, the paradigms in our minds. And he said that the word paradigm, this is where I learned it from. I like to give credit, right? So paradigm comes from the Greek word, the Greek root of paradigma. I think that's the right way to say it, paradigma, which really just means pattern, right? We have these patterns, these patterns of thinking. And again, it keeps going back to this quote of his where he says, we think we see the world as it is, but really, in fact, we see the world as we are through our own lenses, through our own perspectives, through our own interpretations, through these patterns, right? And one of my patterns like totally came up and the guy was like, whoa, like that's something for me to look at. And he, he also talks about paradigms as being like, you know, what, what we expect to see that right there, what we expect to see like out of this pattern or in yoga, we call something like a samskara. It's like this deeply worn groove. That's how I always think about it. this deeply worn path, this groove, this thing that we've done a thousand times. And it's why if there's somebody who is impatient a lot, right? You're literally creating like these neural pathways. You're creating this pattern. So it's so much easier to get angry the more that you react or, or respond in an angry way. It's just like people who are impatient, people who are angry, right? These patterns, these paradigms that we have. And so if you're somebody who is always impatient, like your paradigm is like things don't move fast enough, you know, somebody else can just be walking down the street and you'll be like huffing and puffing behind them. Like, what the fuck? Why aren't they hurrying up? Like they're going too slow. Like, eh, you know, like, and it's like, whoa, dude, maybe they're not going too slow. Maybe you have a pattern of trying to move too fast. And so he was talking about, Stephen Covey talks about how you know, we see everything through the perspective of our own paradigms. And I'll never forget the first time that in A Course in Miracles, I read the line that says, human eyes do not see, they interpret. 
And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. What is happening right now? What do you mean they don't see? I remember I had to sit with that for a little bit. Like they don't see, they interpret. I'm like, what does that mean? And when I started to think about this, like, oh yeah. So the beautiful thing about spiritual principles, right? And I'm not talking about religious dogmatic things like spiritual universal principles, which is what A Course in Miracles is all about. It's like you start to see them everywhere. So this one says it this way. This one puts this little spin on it. This one says it that way. But I started to see like when, when I'm moving through the world and I talk to people who talk about mindset, spirituality, ancient wisdom, shot, like all the different things they talk about. I, I just go, oh, Course in Miracles, like, oh, yoga. Ooh, course. Like, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it, they're all these, they're all this ancient wisdom that's just been like spread around. So when I'm like, okay, if human eyes don't see, they interpret, what is that telling me? Well, I'm interpreting everything through the lens that I have. And if I have a lens of the world is a big, scary, awful place, like, how do you think I'm going to experience the world? If I have, if I have the paradigm of like, you always got to bust your ass to make money. Making money is hard. Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, you got to work hard to like earn it. You know, you don't, you, you, you got to be productive or you're not worthy, like whatever, all these thoughts, beliefs, paradigms, patterns that we have then we will start to experience the world in that way. We're not always usually seeing what's right in front of us. We're not seeing it as it really is. We often do not see the person as they truly are. We see it through our own storytelling capacity, right? I always think about this. We are meaning makers. So we have these experiences. We create these meanings about them which create these beliefs, which create our identity and all the, the stories like are always feeding the identity. And it's like this thing, it's how we create these patterns, these samskaras, these grooves, these ways of being. And they're also what often keep us from truly knowing each other because we're not leading with the innocence of the open mind or the beginner's mind or the curious mind. We come in with the I know mind. And if you listen to... Um, the podcast from like two, two weeks ago, I think the problem with, I know it's right. As soon as we come in with this, I knowness, nothing new can be presented to us. We don't actually see it or them, a person as they really are. We come in with our own, like, you know, kind of like, um, like, yeah, may, maybe it's not rose colored glasses, it's almost never rose colored glasses, right? We come in with a total attitude. So I want to tell you a little story that Stephen Covey tells in his book. Um, and he's talking in this particular case about his own powerful paradigm shift. And I really want to drive this home, you guys. This is such a powerful story. And if you read the book, you're going to recognize it. I think it's on like page 30, 30, 31, somewhere around there. And it's the seven habits of highly effective people. That's the name of the book. Uh, and he's talking about um, paradigm shifts. And this is an experience that he had on the subway uh, in New York. And he said it was like a Sunday morning. He's on the subway, you know, and some people are just like sitting quietly. Some are reading, uh, some are doing news, you know, looking at their newspapers or whatever. Some people are just daydreaming. They're lost in thought. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, you know, just a little bit here. Uh, some are resting with their eyes closed and it was really calm and peaceful. That's what he says, a really calm and peaceful scene. And then all of a sudden a guy and his kids get on the subway car. And, uh, and here's his words. The children were so loud and rambunctious that instantly the whole climate changed. 
So then the guy sits down next to him and he closes his eyes. And um, the man who, assuming that he's the kid's father, um, is apparently oblivious <laughs> to like what's going on. His kids are running around like wildly. They're yelling back and forth. They're throwing things. They're like grabbing people's papers, like just out of control shit, right? Uh, and Stephen Covey says, it was very disturbing. And yet the man sitting next to me did nothing. So you can imagine the scene. Now, as I'm telling this, like, how is your own body feeling, right? You're like, oh my God, it's Sunday. It's quiet. I just want to be on the subway. This guy comes in with his kids, not paying attention. He's letting them run around. Like, right, the story, the story starts to churn, right? We're starting to see what we think is happening through our own lens, through our own paradigm. Here's Covey again. It was difficult not to feel irritated. I could not believe that he could be so insensitive to let his children run wild like that and do nothing about it, taking no responsibility at all. And he goes on to talk about how it was really easy to see that everyone else on the subway <laughs> was getting wicked irritated too. And so finally, this is important, listen to this. So finally, with what I felt was unusual patience and restraint, Okay, so here he is patting himself on the back for how patient, how restrainful he's being. He says, I turned to him and said, sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. Oh, boy. <laughs> so this is what he says to the guy. And I'm just going to read here uh, directly from this so you get the full impact. So this is from Stephen Covey's book. He said, the man lifted his gaze as if to come to a consciousness of the situation for the first time. And he said softly, oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. And I don't know what to think. And I guess they don't know how to handle it either. So you can imagine where he's going with this and where I'm going with this, right? So in this moment, he gets the real story. In this moment, he gets that information that shifts everything, that shifts his perception. Uh, I'll let him tell you in his own words. He says, can you imagine what I felt at that moment? My paradigm shifted. Suddenly, I saw things differently. I felt differently. I behaved differently. My irritation vanished. I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior. My heart was filled with the man's pain and feelings of sympathy and compassion flowed freely. Your wife just died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? And everything changed in an instant. And boom, you guys, this is the power of the paradigm shift. Because here's the thing. What we see or what we think we're seeing, right? The behavior, the squinty look, Marianne hearing the way that that woman talked, right? What we think we see, which is our own paradigm. It's this, this pattern that we have in our head of how we think the world is, how we think people are, like how it is, like we know how it is, right? We got the 411 on everybody. But how we see, remember, human eyes don't really see. So it's really this, how we interpret things is gonna determine what we do. It's gonna determine our behaviors. 
It's going to determine our patterns, our practices. It's going to determine our, what's the word I'm looking for? The thing we, habits, it's going to determine our habits. And um, all of that, the things that you do repeatedly is what gets you a particular result. Let's say that one more time. <laughs> what you see or what you think you're seeing, your interpretation, your projection is going to determine what you, how you act, how you behave, your patterns, which is then going to determine the result that you have. Now, imagine if you're, if you're sitting there constantly and you have a pattern of your head of, it never goes my way. Nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. Other people suck. It's always so hard, like on and on and on and on and on. What do you think we're going to experience? How do you think we're going to feel and show up? Right? It's such a powerful thing. And this is why you guys, oh my God, I love the work that I do. I love the work that I do as a spiritual mentor, as somebody who helps people to change their lives, themselves, their thinking from the inside out, because it's not about changing the behavior. That's the external thing. It's the thinking. It's the mind. It's the beliefs. It's the stories. I keep touching my head for those of you who, are <laughs> who aren't, who aren't uh, watching, who are listening. Those are the things that are going to determine how we show up and behave. And so often we try to create change from the outside in. We try to deal with the behavior before we deal with the root cause. We try to deal with the effect of the thinking rather than dealing with the thinking, with the thoughts, with the beliefs, with the stories. And that's why we have to start there. And the most powerful thing is, is that like, I always love, like, I remember the first, let me, let me back up and say the first time that I was told that my happiness was my own choice and responsibility, as was my suffering. I always say it pissed me off way before it made me happy, <laughs> pissed me off first. But then I was like, oh, thank God the power lies in me. Thank God the power lies in me because then I can actually do something about it. So if I can shift my paradigm, if I can shift the way that I see things differently, and, and, and Stephen Covey said it once like this, I'm, I might butcher this, I apologize, but it's like, uh, because, because I can see things differently and I thought differently, then I felt differently and then I acted differently, right? So let's do that again. When we start to see things differently, right? In our minds, we shift the story. We shift the perception from fear to love when we have that shift because we know the real story, not the made up one in our head. Then I could think differently. And if I start to think differently, I can feel differently. And if I feel differently, I will act differently. And that's what we saw in that moment when he said, as soon as he found out this poor guy's wife had just died, these kids just lost their mother, his natural innate desire right? To be who he really is, which is love, which is what we all are. When he stopped leading with his criticism and his judgment and his impatience and all that shit, when he found out the truth, what was swept away, all that ego stuff was swept away. And it's like spirit swooped right in. And he went right back to his natural innate state, which is love, which was immediate. Didn't even have to think about it. Compassion and kindness. He went from, um, bagging on the guy like one well, of this guy doesn't even notice he's not paying attention like, da, da, da. like the whole story and he goes right from that and he goes from criticizing him 
to all of a sudden asking, what can I do? How can I help? And if that's not a miracle, you guys, I don't know what is like, that's, that to me is what it's all about. And so here's one of the things that I often say to, you know, to my clients, you know, or to the people in the nest, my spiritual community membership, this isn't about trying to go out there and change the world. It's not about trying to go out there and change the behaviors and change the behaviors of other people. And all, it, this is about going to the cause. This is about starting with ourselves. Because if you want to change the world, you've got to change your own damn self. That's where we begin. That's where the power is. This is where transformation is possible with me, myself, and I. And that's why it was like, you know, I learn these things all the time, you guys. You know, I teach this stuff. I help other people with it. And I'm always doing it for myself and with myself, too. I got to keep an eye on my squirrely little ego too, right? And so it can be like such an incredible thing. So if we want to transform from the inside out, man, we got to work on those paradigms. But how do we shift it? It's because we got to show up in curiosity. We can't leave a judgment. Like how many times have you basically, how do I say this? You meet people you, how do I say, I don't mean meet, like you're meeting them. Like you, you, you meet them on the playing field, right? It's like meeting them. Like it's like, how do you show up in relationship to people? Do you meet them at the level of curiosity or do you meet them at the level of assumptions? And I saw a video one time when, um, I don't know, it had to do with like these glasses. I don't know. It's like some Christian commercial. I don't know what it was, but it was like, this person kept putting on a pair of glasses and taking them off. And, you know, without the glasses, what you're seeing is like a homeless person and this other person. And, and it's like seeing, right, seeing with the eyes and interpreting. And it was interpreting everything as negative. And it was like these glasses had a magical power and they would put the glasses back on. And all of a sudden, all this information would come up right? Like homeless, but still trying to get their GED. Like all of a sudden, all the good characters, the good characteristics were like showing up too, alongside, you know, just what the eyes thought that they saw. And it was like, you know, what the glasses did is it gave them the real story, the power of knowing the real story. And so if we show up with our fullness, and again, thinking what we already know about a person if we don't show up in curiosity, if we don't show up in like, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe I should get a little more information before I lead with my big fat mouth and start typing with my fingers, right? My thoughts or whatever. So here's something really powerful that, um, that Stephen Covey says at the, at the end of this. He says, it becomes obvious that if we want to make relatively minor changes in our lives, we can perhaps appropriately focus on our attitudes or our behaviors. But he says, if we want to make significant quantum change, we need to work on our basic paradigms, right? Again, patterns, these thought things, the ways that we see the world, which is the cause. Projection makes perception, what we're seeing out there. And uh, he, he ends with the words of Thoreau. And he says, for every thousand hacking at the leaves of evil, there is one striking at the root. Let me say that again. Henry David Thoreau. For every thousand hacking at the leaves of evil, there is one striking at the root. 
And he's saying we can only achieve quantum improvements in our lives as we quit hacking at the leaves of attitude and behavior and get to work on the root, right? What I'm calling the cause, the paradigms from which our attitudes and behaviors flow. So you guys, this is an opportunity to check yourself before you wreck yourself, <laughs> as they say. So here's one of the questions I want you to ask yourself, right? So first of all, let's remember the quote, because this is wicked important. I'm going to say it again, because you know how the mind learns, you know how the brain learns, you know how we break up paradigms, you know how we shift consciousness, repetition, repetition, repetition. This is how we learn. Repetition is the mother of all learning. We think we see the world as it is, when in fact, we see the world as we are. So one of the questions I want you to ask yourself is like, how often are you not open? Oh, no, let's do it positively. How often are you open to the opportunity of hearing somebody's real story? Another way to say that is how often do you show up already full of what you think you know with your judgments, with your criticisms, with your thoughts, with your stories, quote unquote stories of who you think that person is, how you think they are. I can't tell you how many times, you know, people ask me about forgiveness a lot, like in this business, right? And, I, and I'll often say to them, um, finding out the stories of somebody's life. For me, I'll often say things like, you know, it's hard to hear somebody's real story, to know, to know somebody's true story, their real story, uh, and not have compassion for them, to perhaps come to forgive them, and sometimes even come to love them. Uh, when we start to realize like, oh, this is what they've been through. Now, let me be wicked clear. I am not saying that just because you get the story, you automatically excuse shitty behavior. Um, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode about that, right? There are plenty of people who have been through horrendous things, traumatic things, tragic things, and they're not out there like, you know, killing and raping and pillaging and harming other people. Um, so it's not like everybody just gets a pass because they've had a hard story. I'm not saying that, but we certainly can extend each other a little bit more patience, a little more wiggle room, um, a little bit more kindness, a little bit more grace and mercy. You know what I'm saying? So that's the question. How often, how often am I really open to hearing somebody's real story, meaning surrendering the meaning in the story that I've written about them and being open to hearing what's really going on? Because if, we if we're determined to be rigid and to hold on to what we think we know, we sometimes are going to miss out on an incredible opportunity to change our mind. Oh my God, to shift our mind from fear to love. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a miracle on the daily? Right? You know what I'm saying? I like sometimes being proven wrong. I mean, there have been times when I'd be like, oh God, what is this person's story, right? Like whatever, I show up you know, with my, my own thoughts, my own whatever. And then I just shut the fuck up. I just shut up and I listen and it's like, oh, Sometimes you think you know, but you do not know. And um, I, I'm actually happy when people prove me wrong. <laughs> and sometimes you guys, all I need is a tiny bit of information. Like so often I'll be talking to somebody and I'll be seeing a pattern, right? I'll see their paradigm, especially in this work that I do. Like, this is my job. It's like, I pay attention. I bear witness. I listen to stories. I hear what's being said, these beliefs, these thought patterns, Right. I'm looking for the cause of things, though. A lot of people are into the story, into the effects of things, right? Oh, and then this happened. This is blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, okay, I'm looking for the, the cause. What is causal? So sometimes I'll stop them and I'll say, let me ask you something. 
and I ask a few quick questions and I'll hear something and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, now I get why this is happening, right? So if we're willing and able to pause to, what's the word, how do I want to say this? to be open to the fact that you don't know jack shit, <laughs> that, that if you just shut up for a second and remember, remember that your interests are not separate, you want to be able to help, especially if you're in a, in a, in a helping capacity, right? Like that's the relationship can be very powerful. And I think, you know, we do this all the times. We fill our minds up with these thought paradigms, these thought, um, perspectives and interpretations of the people, especially the people that we either grew up with, spent a lot of time with, live with, you know, the people that we have habitual routines with, because that's the thing about the brain, PS, by the way, right? So much of our behavior is habitual. It's we're totally running from the subconscious. We think we're making choices and we think we're being conscious and, oh, I'm choosing this. When really the brain, the reptilian part of your brain has already decided for you like a little bit before. It just hasn't alerted you that a choice has already been made in, um, you know, in your, on your behalf. <laughs> so you think you're like just coming from, you know, the analytical thinking forefront of your mind. And it's like, no, sucker, your reptilian brain is holding you hostage, right? And they've done these incredible studies. I just recently learned about, um, putting people in MRI machines and then watching their brains as they're doing some of these, um, uh, Jim Fortin told, you know, he didn't, he told a group of us about this. And so, uh, that's where I, this, that's where I heard it from is that they put people in these MRI machines and they watch their brains as they're making decisions. Right. And whether they, they have them read something that they give them something tactile, whatever they're doing. Um, and they notice how the part of their brain that makes decisions, right? Uh, just bear with me, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, lights up way before the front of the brain that thinks it's making an analytical choice. So it's almost like the subconscious patterns are deciding before. And this is what I often talk about, like living from your past, reacting from your past, your history, your patterns, your paradigms, rather than being in the very present moment and showing up like without your story already written about the situation, the person, whatever you're experiencing. And, you know, we very rarely meet each other with a clean slate. I'm going to say that again. We very rarely meet each other with a clean slate. We show up with our history, with our baggage, with our perspectives, with our um, interpretations, with our attachments, with our preferences, with our opinions, with our history. Very rarely are we meeting somebody uh, that, we've, that we know, right? Like we know we have history with them um, with, with a clean slate. It's like, oh, here we go again, right? Oh, I already know what you're going to do. I already know what you're going to say, right? And a lot of times that's our fear. I have a fear of what I think you're going to say or do. Or I, um, I've heard this a thousand times before. We don't really, in essence, give people a shot to be new, to be a new. And so in A Course in Miracles, there's a line um, or there's a, a kind of a, um, I'll call it more of an idea or a principle that says basically, anytime you don't drag your past into the present moment, you are reborn. You get to have a new experience, a fresh slate, but not just for you, but for the other person too. And that's how relationships can heal, right? 
to just thank God. Thank God my sweetie was like, what, what? And I was like, what? You know, you make it a face. And he was like, no. And we're able to communicate and work it out. And that goes a long way because we don't just love each other. We actually like each other. We're friends, right? We respect each other. Um, and I said, I'm sorry. And then he said to me, I'm sorry, I was making a face. <laughs> and he's like, I can see why you might have thought that, right? It's like so helpful to have people who can keep their sense of humor too. So you guys, here's my second question to ask, right? So how, how often am I open to, to really hearing about somebody's real story instead of meeting them with all my history, my bullshit, my paradigm stuff? And then how quick am I to judge? Like, this is so important. Let me just say this. So often when people say to me, you know, I'm afraid to X, Y, and Z, I'm afraid to put myself out there. I'm afraid to whatever. And, you know, often the fears are fears of abandonment, rejection, or judgment attack, right? And I'm like, so often the reason why we're so afraid of being judged is because we're aware of how much judging we do first. <laughs> we're aware of what goes on in the insanity of the ego mind, right? With all looking, all you got to do is look around. We got an opinion about everything. We got a preference about everything. We got a judgment of everything. People judge, here's the thing. People are going to judge anyway. So just do it. People are going to judge you anyways, good, bad. And just do it. <laughs> do what you came here to do because those suckers, they're going to, they're going to judge you anyways, because this is how, this is how the brain works people. So that's what I got to say to you. Um, you know, we really want to take a look at how quickly we make ju judgments and how much we um, end up blocking ourselves from really knowing the truth, for really knowing the whole story, the real story, because there's no room for the real story if we show up as like super smarty pants all the time, thinking we know everything. Um, I wrote something else down that I just wanted to make sure that I said is like, um, just, yeah, I, I just want to re return back to how quickly, like how amazing it is, how quickly our perspectives can change the moment we hear somebody's story, how quickly we can shift from that place of fear of judgment, attack, all that shit into a place of love, compassion, and that natural, that natural, um, what's that essence of you, which is kindness, which is love ask, then usually ask, I'm so sorry, or how can I help? And again, like I said, you guys, that, that is the miracle when we can, it's the power. It is the power of stories and storytelling. And when we're open to actually hearing somebody's real story, it can forever change us. And I just wish we were smart enough to when we have one of those moments, when we realize I didn't know I, I thought I knew, but I didn't know. And getting that little nugget of truth totally changed the way that I, that I saw, which means it changed the way that I thought, which means it changed the way that I felt, which means it changed the way that I acted. And if I could just like, I wish you could take a snapshot with your mind or record it or film it and go, oh yeah, I want to file this. So I never forget this so that I show up and meet people this way, open-minded, open-eared, open-hearted, open-handed, like all the time. Wouldn't that be incredible, you guys? So look, I could go on and on and on about this, but um, you know we don't got time for that. So I just wanted to share this with you. I hope you find it helpful in some way. I hope it gets you thinking in some way. Um, 
I'm still working on this idea. I know I keep saying it every episode, but it's really true. I've actually, um, I actually have, it's a secret page. I just haven't released it to the public yet <laughs> for how to get some little PDFs, right? Like for these episodes. Um, right now I am so diligently working hard to get the first draft of my memoir, my book finished. I'm really determined you guys. So that is my main focus, that in taking care of the folks in the nest. Um, so the nest will be opening up the doors again in 2022. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, like all these things that I talk about on the podcast, you guys, this is the kind of stuff that we get into. We have a lot of fun. We have some incredible guest teachers. Um, it's a very powerful group of people and it's how we transform our lives and ourselves from the inside out and then also make an impact in the world. So if you listen to this show and you're like, yeah, I'm into it. I dig this. I love these conversations. I want to learn more. The nest is where it's at. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so a couple of times a year, I open up the doors and sometimes I do little secret squirrel door opens <laughs> to the nest for only people who are on the waiting list. So if you want to get on that sucker, right, just go to karenkenny.com slash nest, N-E-S-T, and you'll see it. You'll see the button. Just hit join the waiting list. And then you'll be the first to know when the doors swing back open. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much, more than, more than you can know. Um, there's no reason to have a show if nobody was bothering to listen. <laughs> It'd just be me by myself like a little weirdo up in my room. Uh, so I appreciate that it's actually landing in some people's ears and some people's heads and some people's hats. It just makes me so happy. So uh, I see the numbers. I can see the numbers once in a while. I go check at least once a month. I'm like, how are downloads going? What are people up to? Where are they listening? You know, I check things out. I'm not like, I mean, whatever. I don't check it all the time. Like some people like really know all their stats, but I do check in once in a while because I do want to know. Um, and the show continues to grow. So just thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, if you haven't already left a review or a rating, uh, in Apple Podcasts. That is super duper helpful, you guys. Um, I, I wish we didn't have to do all these little things, but you know, this is this is how it works here in the illusion. So if you haven't done that yet, I'd super appreciate that. That would be lovely. And really, guys, just have a great uh, rest of your week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Like I said, I appreciate you. I see you. I feel you. I celebrate you and I love you. And wherever you go, please leave the people, the place, the animals, little creatures, the environment, better than how you found it, better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Okay. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. 
I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.